Okay, let me pray. Father, I love you. I'm so, I'm so thankful, Father. I'm so humbled by your love for us. I'm so humbled that you gave your son. Jesus, I'm so amazed that you sacrificed yourself for us. If you will, Jesus, you jumped in front of us and took the bullet. You took the sword. You took the nails. And, and you took our place. And it's so amazing to think about your love. Father, I'm so humbled to be a part of such a great church. I'm so humbled to be the pastor of such a great, amazing group of people, such a great group of believers. Father, thank you for your blessing on our lives. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives as believers and that you continue to lead us and continue to guide us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. We're going to finish this week. We started talking about the five love languages. Uh, many of you are familiar with that, but if you're not familiar with it, uh, there's a book out, and it's by a Christian psychologist, and it's about how each of us have a different primary love language. Now, I believe you can link on our website, correct? There's a simple test that you can take that will help you discover your language or help you discover a loved one's love language. Now, that's the next thing I want you to understand. This isn't just about marriage, okay? It's incredibly powerful if you understand your mate's love language, but this applies to your kids. It can apply to your grandkids. Now, when a child is really small, you may not know their love language, but as people in your life, if you have older children and grandchildren, it's incredibly powerful to understand their love language because when you do, it makes it easier and it makes you more effective in ministering to them. Now, two things happen when you understand love languages within your family. The first thing is it's going to do, it's going to strengthen your family. Probably there's not anybody in this room who would say, well, pastor, we don't, we don't need any more of that in our family. I know I want a strong family, and I know you do too. The second thing it does is it releases love in your family. Now, let me tell you something about love, okay? Love's not an emotion. Love is an action. The word love is a verb. And you've heard me say it many times before. Nails did not hold Jesus on the cross. Love did. Okay? One of the most powerful things you do within your family is to release the love of God. Here's what's amazing about the Father. You see, God says, I want you to love. But then he doesn't just send you out to love on your own. He fills you with his love. Now, here's what I know. Human love is bankrupt. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, there's an end to human love, but there's not an end to the love of God. And the Bible says that when you receive Christ as your Savior, that you are filled with the love of God. Listen, one of the most powerful forces in the universe, I believe it is the most powerful force in the universe, one of the most powerful forces within your family is love. Sometimes we can think love is weak when in fact love is just the opposite of weak. So when you understand love languages within your family, and there are five of them, when I understand my wife's love language, when I understand my son's love language, as Annie, our granddaughter, grows and I begin to understand her love language, all it does is make our relationship stronger. And here's the thing. The devil wants to attack your relationships. And when your relationships are strong, it's much harder for him to come against you. Well, the first one we talked about last week was words of affirmation. Now, listen, every human being needs words of affirmation. I have written down here that one of the deepest human needs is to feel appreciated. 
Okay, there's not a person in this room that does not have the need to be appreciated and to be loved and to be respected. It's a deep human need. But if you have the love language of words of affirmation, then you need it even more. Okay, here's some things I have written down. This person craves verbal compliments and positive words. Okay, they need you to build them up instead of tear them down. Now, every person needs that anyway. And they're looking for unsolicited compliments or unsolicited kind words or unsolicited I love yous. Okay, if you have somebody in your family or maybe you have that need for words of affirmation, when somebody compliments you, when somebody says, hey, you look nice today, or you have somebody close to you who says, hey, I love you, it ministers to you and it feeds you. You know how ineffective it is. We talked about it last week. If you have to bait somebody to tell them to tell you I love you, you, you know it doesn't mean anything. It's empty. So this person needs that. Now, let me just say this as we're reviewing. Listen, every person in here needs to hear, I love you, okay? Don't think, well, that's not my love language and I don't need that. Every human being does. Then here's some things that they do not need, okay? First off, they don't need insults. Now, I don't know anybody that does, right? <laughs> Probably nobody's gonna raise their hands and no. say, Pastor, I kind of like insults, okay? Yeah. No, nobody wants insults in their life, but especially this love language. They don't like sarcasm. They don't like harsh words and it's very hard and very difficult on them. Now, here's the thing. If you're always, if you enjoy giving words of affirmation to other people, if you're one of those people that like to tell others, hey, I'm proud of you, hey, I appreciate you, maybe that's also your love language. So that's the first one. You're going to talk about the second one that we yeah. talked about last week, which is quality time. Uh, quality time. Before we jump into that, though, I think that uh, an easy way to see like what your spouse's or even your kid's love language can be is uh, what do they always want from you? Um, you know, are they always wanting you to hug or, or kiss its physical touch? Do they want you to help around the house? Uh, are they wanting you to, you know, hey, do you, are you proud of me? Do you think I did good? Uh, then, then you can kind of figure out what their love language is through that, and then also by taking the test. Uh, quality time, uh, one of the things we talked about is this is, this is God's love language. Um, we're going to get into acts of, acts of service today, and we think that that's what God's love language is, but it's actually quality time. Uh, the first thing is, is they want your undivided attention. The person that their love language is quality time from uh, whoever they're getting that from, they want their undivided attention. Uh, time is precious to us. We always say that, you know, time is money. And uh, that's what they want from us. They want our time and our attention. Um, and that's what they crave from, uh, you know, your husband, your wife. Uh, if you have quality time, that's what you want. Uh, my love language is quality time. That's my primary love language is quality time. Uh, and my wife's is also quality time. If I get home from work and, and she says, hey, you know, why don't you watch Annie for a little bit and I'll get some dishes done. I don't like that. I think, no, you come sit in the living room with me and we'll all be together and we'll do dishes later. Okay, because I want quality time. Acts of service is not my love language. So, I mean, I appreciate it if she cleans the house, and I think that's awesome, but I would much rather be with her. When I was taking the test, it said, would you like it if your spouse ran an errand for you? And I think, no, I want to run errands together. Like, let's go get a cherry limeade and run around, okay, because <laughs> I'm quality time. Uh, being there for this pers- person is very crucial. Uh, big events, uh, you know, if you say, hey, we're going to go out tonight, um, and, and then you break that or you don't do that, that can be very hard on this person. Uh, dist- distractions, uh, postponed dates or events, and failure to listen really hurt this person. Uh, in our culture and day and age today, we have cell phones, we have a computer uh, in our pocket, and we can look at and do everything. Um, and so 
I hate when I go to dinner with friends or, you, you know, you go with someone you haven't seen in a long time and they get their phone out and the whole time you eat, they're scrolling through their phone, kind of making eye contact every once in a while. It's like, put your phone down and pay attention to me. So all week, because I said that last week, my wife's been telling me, uh, anytime I'm on my phone, put your phone down and pay attention to me. And so I've been getting in trouble for being on my phone. But th- when you do this, it can really hurt that person. Uh, if you break promises or you don't keep, uh, you know, hey, we're going to go out this weekend and you don't do that. All right. The next one we're going to get into this morning is receiving gifts. And Kurt's going to talk about it, but I'm going to read you a verse, and it's Luke 6.38. If you guys could put up Luke 6.38. All right, listen to what this verse says. Now, the next love language we're talking about is receiving gifts. Okay, it's not so much giving gifts. No. But it's receiving gifts. Listen to what this verse says. Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. That's Luke 6, 38, New Living Translation. Go ahead. Uh, receiving gifts. Uh, the whole idea of that verse is, is, is talking about tithing and how that if you give that God's going to give back to you pressed down shaking together and running over. So, you know, you can imagine that, that he presses it down, shake it, fill it up till it's overflowing. And that is exactly what, ha- what will happen in your life if you're, your husband, your wife, your children, if they're just receiving gifts. Now, don't let your kids go out of here and say, now, Mom, I really think my love language is receiving gifts, and I really need an <laughs> Xbox 360. Yeah, uh, come on. Because that's not really how this works. Uh, receiving gifts is a visible symbol of love to this person. Uh, if you come home from work and uh, you bring maybe their favorite candy, a flower or, or something that they've been wanting. And we're, we're going to get into that. Um, it, it doesn't, the cost isn't important. Uh, it's not about how much it costs to this person. It's just, man, you brought me a flower. You brought me some candy, dinner, uh, and you did something of a gift. Uh, they need regular small gestures. Uh, the person who loves to receive gifts, they're looking for regular small gestures. They're not looking for, oh, Christmas and my birthday. Hey, I, I got you a big gift, you know, and so I'm kind of done for the year. They want regular small stuff throughout. And like I said, cost is not important. What is important is the thought. Uh, when you bring this person a gift, they're excited because you were thinking about me. Uh, you were out of, out of town. You were at work. You were doing your thing, but you thought of me and stopped and picked uh, something up for me. And that cost is not important. And so uh, I think that a lot, all these love languages, especially when, see, like Megan and I, I think it's really easy because ours line up. We're both quality time. And the only bad thing is, is we can spend all our time together and not do anything else. And, and, and so, I mean, if I was, you know, acts of service and she's receiving gifts, then a lot of times I'm frustrated and I think, well, I'm helping around the house and I'm doing stuff and why doesn't that make you happy? But she's looking for a small gesture of maybe candy or a flower or a card. And so you really got to discover what each other are and then you have to really work at remembering, okay, my wife is acts of service and so I'm going to help around the house or my wife is receiving gifts so I'm going to, you know, stop and get her something to figure something up. Now, the number one thing that happens is men say, uh, well, I'm not a good gift giver. You know, well, I, I can't give a, a good gift. Well, just, you know, welcome to the club. Uh, talk to her, find out what she likes. Um, if your wife is receiving gifts, I think you have the absolute easiest love language in the book, right? 
Because you can stop, pick up a gift, go home, and you're like king of the world. If it's acts of service, you got to go home and run the vacuum and do the dishes and mop the floor and cook dinner. And, you know, the, the, the receiving gift guy just walks in with flowers and candy, and she's like, yay. And, and so I think it's easy to do that, and you have to work at it. Guys, if your wife is receiving gifts, I would get you a three-by-five card like this, and I would write down her favorite perfume, her favorite makeup, uh, what kind of hairspray uses, uh, shampoo, body wash, dress size, shoes size, favorite flowers, favorite color of flowers, what's her favorite color, and put it on a card so you have it everywhere you go. Uh, Joe McGee, who's a a friend of Pastor Rusty's, he used to come here and preach all the time, and he would always say that. Have a card with your wife's information on it, so when you stop, you don't think, well, I wonder what she would want. You can pull that card out, and you know everything about her. Uh, There's some information on the back. You want to go over that information? I think what's interesting, especially with men, is men know more about the maintenance of their pickup truck and they have written down how often to change the oil and how many miles are on their tires than they do about their wife and their children. Yeah. And I'm not picking on you, okay? I'm not picking on you. But it's absolutely the truth. I can go right out here to my pickup and show you that information. But I'll be honest with you. I don't have a card with all that information on it for my wife. Now, I do know a lot of it, and I do know what she likes. But it's very powerful to understand that. Okay, the other thing is, is when you learn your wife's love language or your husband's love language or your child's, you're choosing to love. Now, let me say that it's real important. Love is always a choice. Always. Okay? You can choose to love. Listen, it always benefits your family when you're kind, when you're patient, when you're caring, and when you're loving. Love is always always a choice and it's not the big things and we know that it's the small things Mm -hmm. i choose to love my wife every single day every one of us have to make that choice all right the next one i want to talk to you about is acts of service and i'm going to read a scripture to you out of mark 10 42 listen to what this says so jesus called them together and said you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them but among you it will be different now stop right there and leave that up for just a moment he's saying that people in the world that have authority and that are bosses can flaunt their authority but then he makes the statement but among you that means us that means christians believers but among you it's supposed to be different Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Now listen to me. Anytime you want to use the word leader, you should always attach the word servant to it. Gentlemen, can I encourage you? You want to be servant leaders in your home. Ladies, can I encourage you? You want to be servant leaders in our home. The scripture is saying everybody wants to be a leader, but the way to that is by being a servant. Now, if you have the uh, love language of acts of service, this is my wife's love language. Okay, my love language is quality time. Her love language is acts of service. Just like Kurt said, we clash. 
Okay, she's capable of hurting my feelings, and I'm capable of hurting her feelings because we have different love languages. And I have to always remind myself that when she does something that I want to be offended about, it's really just her love language. Now, here's it. Here it is. Okay, you express love to this person by serving. Actions speak louder than words. That's this person's motto. They want you to do things that you don't always want to do. Now, let me explain it to you. Kurt mentioned cleaning, and I do help around the house, but it's not just that, okay? Anytime your spouse who has this love language or a friend who has this love language wants you to do something you don't want to do, but you do it anyway, that's acts of service. So if my wife says, hey, honey, Friday night there's this movie out, and uh, I want to go see it, and it's nothing I want to see. Okay, you understand that my wife and I do not have the same taste in movies, right? You understand that, right? Okay, I like movies with blood and guns, okay? And she, and she doesn't particularly care for those movies, all right? But if I do something that she wants to do that I don't want to do necessarily, that's an act of service. Your wife may have gotten up this morning and said, hey, honey, let's go to church. And you think, oh, I got stuff to do. I'm busy. But you came anyway. First off, I want to say if you did that, thank you. That's an act of service. Here's the next thing. Okay, it's going to take some thought, some planning, some effort, and some energy. All right, I was talking to some young men one time who were wanting to get married. Now, they didn't have girlfriends yet, but they were talking about the perfect woman that they were looking for, that perfect girl, if you will. And they were talking, we were discussing. And one of them made this statement, well, I want a woman that's not high maintenance. Okay. I want her to be a Ferrari, but I want to treat her like a jalopy. <laughs> right? All right. Now, now, listen to this very carefully, and I want you to understand my heart when I say this. And it's true. All right? All human beings are high maintenance. Listen, if you're going to have a good marriage, you're going to have to invest in your husband. If you're going to have a good marriage, you're going to have to invest in your wife. It takes time, it takes thought, it takes energy, but it pays amazing dividends. Now, let me talk to you if your wife is acts of service. Sometimes as men, we can have stereotypes. Okay, I grew up in a home. I grew up back in the day. My dad went to work and my mom was a homemaker and my mother stayed home and she did all the cooking and she did all the cleaning and she did all the child tending and my father worked. Okay, that's, a, that's a, how I grew up. Right, when Vicky and I got married, she worked outside the home and so did I. So I believed it was my responsibility for us to be a team and for me to help her. In other words, I don't come home and plop in the chair because that's what my dad did. That's a stereotype. Am I making sense? So I do my best to help. I do my best to serve. Now, listen, I don't do near what she does, and I'm not pretending that I do. But acts of service makes the difference. Okay, here's what this person doesn't like. There's little tolerance for people who cause more work. Okay, my wife, nothing makes her matter than when I make messes and she has to clean up after me. Okay, she has no tolerance for that. Are some ladies clapping in here, right? <laughs> yeah, they are. Was there, was there clapping They're in clapping. here? Oh, my over, gosh, there's clapping here. in here. All right, ladies, stop it right now in the name of Jesus. All right, okay, okay, all right. Uh, uh, my wife doesn't like broken promises. Now, I know nobody really does, 
But when I say I'm going to do something, it's real important to her to, that I do it. And the last thing that she doesn't like is she doesn't like perceived laziness. Now, I, I'm not lazy, but if she perceives that I'm lazy, okay, what does that mean? Well, that means I'm not helping and I'm not doing what I need to be doing. So if you know somebody that has acts of service, this really helps them, it really encourages them, and it really ministers to them. Okay, the last one is physical touch, and you've got that card correct, and yeah. I'm going to read the verse. Let me read to you out of Luke 5, starting with verse 12. This is a great story. You're going to love this. In one of the village, Jesus met a man who had an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Now leave that verse up, please. Listen to me very carefully. That verse says this man had advanced leprosy. In advanced leprosy, people would actually lose fingers. They could lose their nose. They could lose their ears. They could lose their toes, even limbs. All right, it was a horrible disease. Typically, they would be dressed in rags because they were poor because they couldn't work. And anywhere they would go in society, typically they lived in their own villages secluded. But if they came out, anywhere they would go, they would have to cry out, unclean, unclean which meant, I'm sick, don't touch me. Imagine going to Allsup's, and when you go in the Allsup's to get a bottle of water, the whole time you're in there, you have to holler out, unclean, unclean. You're opening the counter, moo. You know how it does it Allsup's, right? And you get your carton of milk out, unclean. All right, this guy's in a terrible state. And he gets to Jesus, and he gets down in the dirt on his hands and his knees, and he puts his forehead on the ground, and he said, and it says that he begs him to heal him. He begs him. Now listen to what it says. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Go ahead to the next verse, please. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. I want you to see something really amazing in this. Two points, really. Listen, if you're sick this morning, it doesn't matter what it is, Jesus is willing to heal you, okay? That man begged, Lord, if you're willing. And he didn't say, well, it's really not my will. He didn't say that, did he? What did he say? He said, I'm willing. But here's what he did. He touched him. Now, Jesus did not have to touch the man. Imagine if Kurt is sick and he has leprosy and I'm Jesus and he begs me to heal him. It says that Jesus touched him and he was healed. Jesus could have just said, be healed, and he would have been healed, but he touched him. Now, when he did that, he violated social protocol and he violated medical protocol. You were never supposed to touch a leper because you might end up a leper. Here's what's so powerful about this. This man probably had not been touched in years in years and Jesus touched him listen folks you and I both know there's nothing as powerful sometimes as simply human touch all right go ahead and talk about it uh this person uh gets their emotional tank or their love tank filled uh by touch um and I, and I know that one of the disclaimers is this does not mean sex uh, so all the men are usually like oh there's my love language no because sex is not included in this um, and so they get their emotional tank filled by being touched, hugged, 
uh, holding hands. Uh, uh, guys, if your wife, if you're going to Amarillo or driving around and she always wants to hold your hand or she's putting her hand on you, uh, then that's probably her love language. If she's not touching you, then that's probably not her love language. Um, and, and so you can be mad at her, but it's just, it's not her love language. And the other way around, uh, guy, you know, ladies, if, if your husband wants to hold your hand or he's putting your arm around you, things like that, uh, they feel safe and secure and loved by touch. Uh, dad's primary love language is quality time, but dad's a hugger. Okay. And dad has really no boundaries or like you have your space and I have my space. Uh, he doesn't really understand that. Uh, if you've been to church very long, you know that, uh, and dad always wants to hug and we work together every single day. And he's always like, why don't you hug me more? And I'm like, dad, if we hugged every time we saw each other, we'd hug like 30 times a day. We never hug. And it's like, we just, he never hugs me. And it's like. Ashley's moving here, and so she can hug yeah. me more. I mean, zero, uh, if you double zero, it would still be zero, right? <laughs> I mean, so yeah, thank y'all for hugging me. All of you that you do, yeah. I love you. So, yeah. Being a youth pastor in Ground Zero, you find out really quick the kids that want to hug you and the kids that don't. Uh, there's young men in Ground Zero that they want to hug me. There's guys that just, you know, shake hands, high five. Then there's kids that are like, you know, uh, don't touch me. And that's just because they don't like it. They don't enjoy being touched. Uh, and so you have to find out. Uh, I think one of the hard things about the love languages is when you have opposite love languages. Uh, if your wife is physical touch and your acts of service, it's hard for you to think about, I need to hold your hand. I need to hug you. I need to kiss you before I go to work uh, because I'm going to fill your emotional tank or your love tank by doing these things. And so you kind of have to begin to think differently, find out what there is, and always keep that in the back of your mind and be doing that. Uh, uh, one of the amazing things about touch is, is that babies need lots of touch and eye contact. And this is kind of a side note, but teenagers, uh, their brain isn't developed enough to make eye contact with you. That's why when you get onto a teenager, they look at your feet because they're not emotionally sound enough yet to look you in the eyes like an adult. We yell at our kids, you know, look at me in the eyes and they can't yet. And so a baby needs eye contact and physical touch. And so when a teenager gets pregnant and has a baby, uh, the teenage mom cannot give the baby what it needs of eye contact and physical touch because she can't do that yet. And so uh, a baby will need, you know, tons of holding, cradling. And they say, you know, uh, the more you hold your babies, the smarter they're going to be. Uh, the more you rock them and things like that, the better off. And, and that goes for the same for the person who has this love language. Uh, they want to hold hands and hug and, you know, kiss me goodbye. Your kids may want to hug. And then you may have kids that are like, do not touch me. And that may be just because they don't like you and you're their parent, but, but also it could be that this is just not their love language and that's not how they express love. Uh, physical abuse is devastating to this person, devastating in a situation uh, where a person who has this love language is being physically abused. It is very, very hard. And I know that's hard on anybody that faces that, but your love language is it's being violated. And so that's very hard on this person. My uh, father-in-law is 87. <laughs> And he's a retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. And if you've ever seen the movie Top Gun, and in Top Gun, the name of the young man that rides in the second seat in the fighter, in the fighter plane is Goose. Okay, that was my father-in-law's job. He was the second seat in the, in the fighter jet. And he has his Mach 2 pin, which means he's flown twice the speed of sound. And whenever I'm near him, he does not want me to touch him. He does not want me to hug him. And so whenever I get shake his hand, he's very forceful. And if I try to hug him, he does the elbow, all right? And he puts his elbow in my chest so yeah. that I can't hug him. 
Okay, now he hugs Vicky and kisses her. And I think it's he, just that. Yeah, I think it's just me, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's but, just But that, that man will not hug me. And so uh, I know physical touch is, is not his love language. Here's all we wanted to do these last two weeks. We just want to encourage you. Okay, that's our heart. We want to strengthen your family, and we want to encourage you. If you haven't yet, please take time to get on our website and take the simple test and find out what your love language is. Then if you would endeavor to begin to operate in that in your family, listen, it has so helped Vicki and I. I know it's helped Kurt and Megan. It so helps me to understand what my daughter-in-law's love language is, what my son-in-law's love language is. It's so powerful. And, and you may think, well, I don't know if I have time for this. I don't even know if I even care about this. If you would just take a little bit of time, it's not a lot, and just find out what it is. It's so powerful, especially if you've got a teenage daughter and you feel like, man, I don't feel like I can connect with her anymore. It's getting hard. If you know her love language, it's incredibly powerful because you'll know how to speak into her life and you'll know how to minister to her. So our heart this morning is just that you would be strengthened and you would be encouraged. Any thoughts? I think it's good. Okay, all right. Why don't you stand and we'll have a word of prayer and uh, we'll let you go this morning. Father God, we love you this morning. I'm so thankful for love. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you loved us so much you gave your life. Lord, I thank you that you stir stir up in us love that there's more love in our home, there's more love in our family, there's more love in our marriages and our relationships. And Lord, stir us in this area of our love language that we better understand how to love those around us. We better even understand ourselves and how others can love us also. Thank you for the power of love. Thank you for the power of your grace. Father, strengthen us and encourage us today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said?